Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback. And today, this is a fun one, guys. But for the first time, I uh, get to actually speak to the man of the hour, Leo Rush himself. And uh, we're going to talk about his new rap album, Ever After. We, we talk about his time with, with Bobby Lashley, which I was a, a, a big, big fan of. Of the WWE pay situation with everything going on with that. And once he spoke out, we talk about that. We talk about the whole releases here during this with the coronavirus and life living with the coronavirus, having two kids and a wife. Um, talk a little bit about social media and, and just uh, in life in general. So this is uh, very, very happy to have been able to get him on. And I really, really hope you guys enjoy this episode with Leo Rush. How have you been? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. I'm hanging in there as, uh, you know, as much, as much as I can, you know, doing all this, this shit. How many, but, uh, so how, how many kids do you have? Uh, I have two boys. I have a six year old who's turning seven in, in a month Okay, and two year old. How's everything been with this whole virus and everything and having everyone home and I mean, you went from literally, I feel like probably being overly busy and gone all the time to just home, right? Yeah. But I mean, even, even when I'm home, it's crazy because like I got to homeschool my, my oldest, my oldest boy. So that's, that's, uh, that's a challenge. I, this whole thing has been. Like, my life, I dealt with this like, uh, and I don't have kids or anything. I have dogs, which I like two years ago, I had to, she has disc disease. So I've had to like stop everything to take care of her for two years. But like, I've dealt with this whole quarantine thing, like from when I left and had all my injuries, I like, I, I had to deal with like leaving TV and then internally deal with like shutting down. And I'm watching mm. like all my friends now with everything with this, like go through what I went through like four years ago. Yeah, everything. And I was like, man, it's crazy. But I can't imagine like the just the the homeschool aspect of things on how much time and effort and like for kids who are so used to going out into or just typical way of life, like everything is it affects everyone a little differently. But it's just look, I was like, man, I want things just to go back to normal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it will be anytime soon, though, man. And it sucks to think about. But where are you yeah. at? Uh, I'm in Orlando. I, I'm in Orlando. You're in Orlando. Were you? Are you from there? or Did you move down there with everything when you went down to NXT? Um, I'm originally from uh, DC, okay. uh, the DC area. Um, I moved down here literally like a year before I got signed, just because I I, I, I had a, a mutual friend. Uh, well, I had a friend, um, a Velveteen Dream. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was living with him for a while, so. Uh, yeah. And then it was funny that I, I just got signed and I was already, you know, down here in Florida. So, okay, man, he, that guy, what a, 
came in from the tough enough deal and then all of a sudden like cause i wasn't keeping up with everything at the time down mm. there and i was like holy hell like he drastically improved or just yeah. got on really quick for for someone man it was it's unbelievable with that that whole man down there from like i've been from deep south wrestling to ovw mm. to fcw and then seeing the transition to nxt into the performance center and i i remember being down and we used to train with rob mcintyre that was like with cena's gym that was kind of the beginning of things starting to get like organized more and developmental. And I remember I always like would tell Rob, I go, man, they should make like an NFL performance center for everything. I was like, they yeah. have the money. And we always would joke. And, but that was in their game plan already. It just was, it took learning, I think from all the developmental systems and yeah, incredible setup though. I remember I went down there a couple of times to rehab one time, I think to rehab for some stuff for my groin injury. And it was, it's like, man, it, it, they could even have a bigger facility, I think, if they wanted with everything. But oh yeah, 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 for sure. The uh, with everything, I was reading too with what happened because I had actually talked to you briefly, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Back, I don't know if it was like over a year ago with everything. But did you on on the day of everything with the releases? Did you actually call them yourself? Was that I read that? Yeah, I I, I called them myself, man, and it was. Oh, what a what a crazy day that was, man. Um, yeah, I, nobody, nobody, you know, expected to wake up and that was the day that they were going to have. Uh, I, I was on Twitter, you know, just promoting my stuff like I usually do and, mm -hmm. and ended up seeing some some uh, like dirt sheets and like news sites uh, start posting that like some mass releases were going to happen. And, you know, I, I didn't want to like believe it at first. And then I saw some mainstream sites start to post it. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is weird. This is, this, this seems like it's, it's about to be like a really weird situation. The air, the energy just felt really weird. You felt and it internally. I, I got released back in developmental and I felt it. I, I, and this was nobody knew firings were coming. I kept having nightmares about it. Well, this was before I ever made it. Like, but it was just I knew. And then I got that call later in the day. It, but it was like just a weird same thing, like a feeling in the air. Yeah, like horrible. It's not a good feeling. I, I put out a I put out a tweet before before the the release even happened, and I was just like, you know, like whatever happens today, just know that I forgot exact the exact words, but. I was just like letting everybody know, like my colleagues and people in the wrestling business, you know, whatever happens after today, uh, just know that, uh, you know, you're not in this alone. You know, like the wrestling family is yeah. can can be a family sometimes, you know, as negative as it can be sometimes it, you know, at the end of the day, we're still looking out for each other. Uh, but I, I saw I saw all of those, you know, those those news sites posting that and I just. I just called Carano. I called Carano straight up and I, and I just asked him, I said, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things on, on social media saying that, you know, a lot of releases are going to happen today. Yeah. Uh, I just want, I, I just wanted to, to know before I find out over the internet, uh, am I going to be one of these people? And he, he said, he said, uh, I was actually just about to call you in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately you are going to be one of those people. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't ask why I didn't fight it. I didn't, you know, yeah. I, 
it was it was very simple. You know, I just accepted it for what it was, and I just said okay. And you know, uh, a couple, you know, not even two hours later, the 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 first batch of people, uh, myself included, yep. uh, was announced that you know they they were released. It was your situation. I feel like too though. And this is what the the bad thing. This was kind of worked against me. And I have different things, and I've talked about. But when you, and then I don't know the whole story, but we're on working on the main roster with Bobby, which I do want to talk about with that because that was my favorite. That I loved all of that. But when you speak up on things with them, they hate that. Like that's the because they want they they have a factory line of people that they could just plug into things up there, whether it's for good or for bad. And once you start asking questions, it's like it, it can be the worst thing. And I had some momentum on my side where I was being and but I would question pay on things. And I remember, though, and I'd messaged you because I saw back when you talked about the not having any money. And, and I went through that exact same thing when I got up there. I was red hot as Ryback broke like before, right before the main event. And I had a multi-million dollar lawsuit they forced me to drop that was like that to this day I still kick myself but lesson learned but I remember like traveling with guys and like not knowing how I was going to check into my hotel room because I, I didn't have I was just adjusting from not having any money to getting on the road and those expenses and, and it was they weren't it was very low and I was on a low downside and then when I saw that with you I go you know I go 100% I was in that position and I never said anything about it. And and then it transitioned to where I got thrown in the main event. And money was never an issue ever again after that. But for a lot of people, that's not the case, depending on those situations and how they're used. But I remember that and like messaging you and just briefly talking to you about that and knowing that you're not lying. I know full well, and I know, and I'm always all for talent on that. But when you speak up on that, they're, it's like the kiss of death almost where they eventually, they won't do it right away. Or they go back down to NXT, and it's like, to me, it's such a it sucks, and we need protection for wrestlers because it, it's you're looking out for you and your family and different things, and there's no ill intentions behind it, but they have a hundred other people they can just say, okay, we're just going to replace you. Yeah, and, it's, exactly. and I felt like with you getting grouped into that, it was just a result of everything for that, and it, I don't think it's bad. I think it's a blessing for you because I think you're gonna. I think you're going to thrive and if you continue to wrestle or whatever you do, if you just commit to it eventually. But that was my feeling on seeing it. A lot of guys that had been there and had been there for a long time, they used to do it all the time. But your situation wasn't for anything talent related or, or effort related. I feel like it was more probably from everything with the past with that. But again, I don't know. They're not, they're never going to tell you directly either. No, I'll, I'll never, I'll never, uh, you know, I think that 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 is connected with them splitting me with Bobby. You know, I never a answer on why uh, why that happened. I mean, I think I, I know. I think internally, I know. I know why. Yeah. Uh, but I never got that answer from them um, directly. So yeah, it, it, it sucks, man. Um, and I I'll, I'll never forget. You know, re you reaching out to me. And, uh, and saying that, and, and it was just a really shitty situation, dude. Everywhere, everywhere that Bobby went, I obviously had to go with him. Yep. Uh, and I wasn't getting paid, you know, the same way Bobby was getting paid. Yep. He was, he was, 
uh, and not saying that I should be. And but, to clarify that, and, that what, and exactly, and that because that's what people will be like, oh, you shouldn't. And I know, it, 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 but you're at the professional level, and traveling expenses are not cheap. Yeah, in, yeah. yeah, and everything Bobby was was doing at the time, you know, he was the Intercontinental Champion at the time, so he was featured on everything. He was he was literally on everything, every pay per view, every live show, uh, and I had to be right there with him. I, I wasn't getting paid enough to <laughs> support. It was just, it was literally just that simple. Like, you know, I, the, the breakdown came from, uh, you know, the, I think the boiling point was, I think Bobby was like red hot, uh, you know, like right around, you know, mania and, and doing the stuff with the shield, uh, week after week. And I was in Canada and, uh, I remember looking at my, my bank account, mine, m- let me m- mindful that I have a wife, I have two kids, I have uh, bills and responsibilities. Um, I have things that I'm investing in to make myself the superstar that I need to portray myself to be. Uh, and I remember having $600 in my bank account and that's all, I, that's all I had. Yeah. And I, I just reached out to Corona. I was like, this, this has to change. Like, Something has something has to change. And, you know, I was very vocal about it, uh, you know, not on social media at the time because I wanted to obviously handle business. You uh, try talking to them first, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, what most people do before they go to social media for people to understand. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's usually a last resort when. when yeah. Um, but, dude, yeah, it was it was it was a really frustrating situation. And I just couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't afford it anymore. What did they tell you? They told me, so it was, it, it was, it was such a complicated thing because I got bounced around so quickly, uh, in different directions, you know, from being an NXT to getting caught up to 205 right away. Um, you know, that, that contract didn't get, uh, written out like right off the jump. So of course I was on 205 live, you know, still on my NXT contract. Then it got to a point where I was on Monday Night Raw, still on my NXT contract because I got I got pushed to Raw within like three, four months of me being on 205. And um, I, I reached I, I had a conversation with them and we talked about numbers and we talked about certain things. And they said, oh, well, we were thinking about putting you at this much and not really this much. And I'm like. Okay, like I mean, I'm not. I'm never worried about what the next person is doing. But I knew people in NXT that were making more money yeah. than I was gonna be making on Monday Night Raw. So I was just like, okay, I, I was excited for the opportunity. I was excited for the new, you know, venture. So I didn't question it that much. That's uh, the problem in wrestling, though. Too, everyone should know everyone in all other sports. Salaries are known. They try mm-hmm. to hide that in pro. And I tell wrestlers they should always share their information with other wrestlers. Because it mm. gives, and it's it's really you you need to know for the work that you're doing, and like yeah. it's other they take advantage of it. That's why they don't want people. And I tell people that clicks are actually really good to have in wrestling. And I've learned that's why in, in the click with with Nash and Razor and those guys, they were fucking brilliant. They all made money because they protected each other, and that and they were able to use it against the organization. Mm. But it's really if you're being used, you need to. They're always going to downplay. It. They're a business, and that's part of business. They want to get everyone for it, the least amount as possible, mm-hmm. but there also needs to be some protection. Like if you have, my thing is, if you get to the NFL, you might only have three years. Pro wrestling, you might only have three years. 
you don't need to work there for five before you get a decent contract. It's, yeah. So, and just to, to preface that for you with everything, because it's in, they know everybody, you love pro wrestling. Mm. It just, yeah. They, they take advantage of that with all the guys is which is something that pisses me off so much, but. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I just didn't go for that. I knew that they wanted, uh, and I hate using this word, but they wanted marks. They wanted, they wanted yeah. people that they knew were going to stick around because this was their dream job. And this, you know, what they've always wanted to do. And, you know, when you, when you get somebody who's, you know, a business person, a businessman, businesswoman who's serious about their stuff, who has a family that they need to provide for and other things, and they're not willing to bend over backwards to, you know, get opportunities. Uh, then, you know, like you said, they, they have hundreds of other people that are willing to do that. So it, it, it sucks, you know, and I'm, I'm really surprised that I'm really surprised that uh, the world of wrestling, you know, everybody involved just hasn't stuck together with literally if everybody does the same thing, they would have no choice, you know, but, you know, well, People are selfish. You know, some people are making more money than others and they don't want to, you know, jeopardize that or risk that. And they have a brilliant system set up there where they pay just enough guys, enough money to where it really, really disrupts everyone sticking together, where then people want to fight to try to get to those positions. And even those guys aren't making what they should actually really be making. It's making million everybody should be yeah and when you say that and wrestling fans get upset they know they i always use heath because heath is my friend i love heath they go heath slater shouldn't be making millions of dollars fuck you yes he should <laughs> like hey yeah. you're john cena is not john cena i'm not who i am without heath putting me over for countless times and that's because he agreed to go out there and make me look good and like and it, it's everybody from the local talents to everybody it, it's such it always gets me when I hear that I go that that's the elite level and it's in the the pay scale is so off compared to other industries and other sports so it's just it's frustrating because it, it's the guys I always speak I love like I'll never talk against wrestlers because it, it's I'll never want that's not a I'm for everyone and I, I speak up on things knowing that it may hurt me in the future but hopefully that guys become educated going into the business where they do stick together some. And I've talked to a lot of like veterans and people. That's exactly that. People need to talk and communicate more in it. But unfortunately, that the business aspect of things, and it can be a negative thing like anything else at times. And it's tough. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I think that wrestling should be one of the most positive things in the world. Same. Somehow, some way, it's, it's very frustrating. Uh, as somebody uh, in in the business, you know, and, and, and it sucks, you know, the fans, that's all they see is the bright, the cool entrance music and the flips yeah. and drama and stuff like that. But, you know, um, you know, once you're actually in it, then it, it becomes uh, <laughs> just uh, not what you were expecting. You know what I do is I saw something in with you and like, because I think what happens and this happened to me and now and watching and talking to people in AEW and seeing the schedule of once a week, I'm so happy because I think they're going to change the future of pro wrestling overall. And and I think Vince and them are going to be forced to eventually change. But I gave my heart and soul to, and I grew up loving it as a kid. And when I went there and sacrificed everything and, and injuries and let them pump me full of, of drugs that I knew were hurting me 
to keep me going every night because then and it was I learned it was all my fault and I can only hold myself accountable. But I was very bitter at wrestling because I felt like the wrestling industry and I've seen all these veterans and people with nothing later on. And it just fucks it just fucks everyone over. And but it's typically the the Vince WWE version of people that go there. And and but and I feel like you gotta give it time to take a break of everything. Cause like for me and starting my own business, I have a game plan that I'm doing for me that is opened things up, I feel like, for the future and getting my health back. But I had to just clear my mind from it and get away from it for a little bit. Because when you leave there though, it can destroy. And I see it happen to so many people. You have this dream and then you see what it really is. And it's, it's very disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Was that definitely for you? Like with that, in, in when you were there in everything with that whole thing came about with, uh, when you were with Bobby, did they ever improve anything for you during that? Or did everything did eventually when they split you from him and kept put you back down to NXT, did they give you a, a different contract or no? Uh, when I got to NXT, I got it. When I came back to NXT after that, you know, six to seven month, you know, break that I had from the company, uh, I did a new contract. Um, still, really, still, really wasn't even what you know I was. I was looking for, uh, but and it's so unfortunate, man. But yeah, they did. They did ended up giving me a, a new uh, contract. Uh, but you know, back then. When I was asking, you know, I kind of just got the old, all right, uh, since you're not happy, you know, you, you need a break. Wait, uh, Vince said that he was going to call you. Of course, he never did. Uh, it ended up being, you know, seven months. Um, and I was about to, I was in California. I'll never forget this. I was in California because uh, I was saving up um, over the, the, those last seven months. I was ready to, you know, move on with my life because, you know, I didn't hear anything. You were just anybody. sitting at home that whole time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear one wow. single body. Uh, I kept reaching out. I thought that they had they wanted nothing to do with me anymore. So I was going to move on with my life. Uh, moved to California. I was looking at some property out there, and I got a phone call from Hunter saying that he wanted to bring me back, but underneath uh, the NXT uh, banner because you know they were going to have this new USA. Uh, NXT on USA and they thought that, you know, NXT could benefit from me already having USA Network exposure and translating that over uh, that over to NXT. So, man. And so so you have seven months off and then you go back down there. And was that hard for you mentally? Because you already kind of like you said, you think they don't want anything to do with you. I would imagine you're checking out kind of already at that point. And then okay, turn it back on, go back. Were you, was that a difficult transition for you? Or were you oh, excited for, to just get back and, and get back to work? No, I was, I was ready. I was ready to move on. I accepted, excuse me, I accept, I accepted the situation for what it was. Uh, and, you know, I think I checked out about three, four months after I didn't hear anything. And once it got close six to seven, I was like, okay, I have this plan. Uh, that I'm going to, you know, move out, um, get away from wrestling, just get away from everything, you know, focus and work on myself, my family and other interests that I have. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I got that call from Hunter and some some conversations were, were had, you know, over the, the, the next couple of weeks about obviously pay. That was that was my main thing. You know, I, I, 
I wasn't I wasn't screwing around. Uh, I, I said, you know, this is what needs to happen uh, in order for me to come back. I didn't hear anything from you guys for seven months. So I'm not just going to, you know, come as soon as you, you know, whistle and tell me to come yeah. back. You know? So uh, I need some things to be in order. And, and I kind of got uh, strung along w- with that a little bit. And I, I knew that it was going to happen, dude. I knew I knew it was going to happen. And um, yeah, I think as as happy as I was that, you know, I was able to live out a dream and and win a WWE championship, you know, in front of my family, in front of my fans, uh, my, my family, my friends and stuff like that. I, it was very disappointing and underwhelming uh, just because, uh, you know, I, I got played. I got I got I, I was fooled. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I blame myself for that uh, because I should have I should have known that that was going to happen based off of, you know, past experiences with that. You have to but, live it, though. I tell people. But the thing is, too, though, you're in that like there, there's only really two options that that for right now, the way the system is, unless you fall in that inner circle and you're taken care of or you play their game and you sacrifice everything, family, life, health, everything until you eventually make enough money and maybe something happens. But it's, this is a different period in wrestling where even too, when you see there, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what your idea is. It doesn't matter how over you are, any of it. If that's not what they want and they have a certain thing and there's a certain business model there now from a creative aspect, which the majority of all wrestlers, I feel like all of us are in everyone's different levels, but creative individuals, when you realize that that is no longer in existence there, and then it's just Groundhog's Day from rental cars, airports, gyms, arenas, hotel rooms. It's like being in jail almost in a way, in a really, really fucked up way. And, and it's mentally, it it can just destroy you. And it does. And we see the history of what it's done to people, but there's like really only two options. And like now I think too, you're a talented person and see you have options. So it's really hard to just sit there and to, when you know, deep down you're confident because I know you're confident in yourself. It's the hardest thing to do if you're confident in yourself to sit in that system and let them play you like that. And it's just, it's unfortunately the way that it is, but it, it, I, I hope it improves. Yeah, I, I hope so too, man. Because, because you know, it, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to you know to know that that's what it is. And and unfortunately, you know, I, I think people that are fans and that want to be in the WWE and stuff like that, you know, that they don't want to believe it. They hear these stories and they they know what what goes on, but you know, the kid inside doesn't want to believe it. So, you know, once they get there, they, they, they figure it out and it's heart, it's heartbreaking, dude. You know, it was heartbreaking for me. It still is, you know, I'm questioning if I, if I ever want to, you know, be a part of the wrestling business again, like I, it's just a very shitty thing. And a lot of things within the wrestling business that I just don't morally agree with. Yeah. Uh, Same. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I think too, and because and I and I heard you mention that before, and it like I said, it's one of those things you needed. It's good to just get away from it for a while, because like I left, and when I left and started the supplement company, 
I knew the money was going to be phenomenal for two years for me and on that window. And I took full advantage of it with against my health and my doctor with everything that I was doing. But for me, it was a fi financial plan. I remember actually meeting you. I was at Starlin Ball Ballroom uh, yeah. for a show. I was a fucking wreck. I had to wrestle Brian Cage that night. And my body, I think I was just getting ready to start my stem cell procedures. I like my my I had a shoulder was in my back. I needed a five disc fusion and shoulder replacement. And I hadn't I've had 14 stem cell procedures since then. And I got four more coming up and I should be good. I'm almost all better. But I remember I was so mentally everything for me was just financial at that point. And it was just keep my body intact just enough just to get through this to, until the supplement company could get going. But it was when I stopped finally wrestling, when after my dog got disc disease, it was a blessing in disguise because it got me away from the business. And yeah. that's when I was able to kind of clear my head fully because it was hard. I kept putting myself back in it, even on the independence, even though they were, those were great and it was so much more laid back. And I was in so much pain. I just associated it with them. Still, it was a negative feeling for me. And I think the best thing is just giving yourself time to get to stay away from it. And then like from people I talk to and I know and like I know a lot of people that are over at AEW, it's a different environment and it's and, and Tony Khan's a different individual. But I only knew the WWE way and came up through that system. So it was fucked up from day one for me. Like it was yeah. that whole game got started and from Bill DeMott and, and going through with him. And I love Bill and Al Snow and the game started then. And and I'm thankful for because it, it taught me and got me ready for the, when the games really began up there. But it's a very just demoralizing feeling going through it. And nobody wants to believe it. And everyone says, oh, anyone that leaves there is angry and bitter and negative. And it's it's not – it, there's different levels to it. But it's because you've experienced something and it's like heartbreak of mm. reaching what you thought was everything you wanted, which it was. And it, it's not exactly um, the way that we, we want it because it can be so positive, like you said. It really can. And that's what talking to people that are working over there at AEW, like my friends that were in WWE, like I had Trent Beretta on, Trent Beretta on this week. And it was, uh, it, it's just, he goes, it's night and day. He goes, it's not that, not that. And it's yeah. just, it gives me hope. I go, man, that's, I hope they get as big as possible because I feel like the, if from the talent, like guys, I don't think guys, like I never mind. I, I, I love putting people over, but I don't, like putting people over if I know I'm not going to get booked on pay-per-views and my pay is going to go down and then yeah. I'm going to start getting treated differently. Then yeah. it's like, then it's like, man, this sucks. And, and I hate watching my friends. It's like, I don't like that environment. It's not, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's so how long were you up there for you? Um, so I feel like it, it started for when I was in 205 because, you know, we taped the same day as SmackDown. So I had to deal with, you know, all of the SmackDown people, you know, I was, I was backstage in the arenas and stuff like that. So I feel like it started, uh, very, you know, I was only in NXT. I had, I had two matches in NXT when I first got signed and then I got shot up right to 205 live. And, um, you know, of course I went to that with raw. So I think I, I want to say, uh, two years, two years, I was, you know, uh, main roster uh, and had to, you know, deal with with all that stuff. So when you were doing 205 Live, too, were you were you on the road? Were you doing live events, too, at that point? Or were you just going back NXT to TV? 
Um, I different? at first I wasn't like because there uh, there were no live shows yeah. for for two five. Um, but when I first got signed or not signed, but when I first got caught up to Raw, um, they had me still on two or five live for a good two to three months. And I would go back and forth from Monday night raw to two or five live. And I had to, uh, I had to do the raw live shows, uh, as well as raw with, with Bobby and then go to two or five live. So I was flip flopping back and forth from, from two different shows. Which is another reason why I was so frustrated financially because I'm on two shows. I'm not getting, you know, paid enough to to afford to be on two shows. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just a lot, man. It was a lot. What led to the Bobby thing? Was there something something specific? Because if because you're working, you're wrestling. What did you was that something? Did you hang out with him? Did they see you guys together at something? Like what led to that whole thing starting? No, so I never I never talked to Bobby a day in my life. Really? I never I never met him. Uh I remember I was on 205 Live and um I was I was home during the weekend and I get a text, like a random text. I'm not sure if it was the same with you when you were there, but I got like a random text just saying that I was needed for for Monday Night Raw. I didn't know who it was that was texting me. Some I was writer, like, yeah. Usually uh, once you're up there, they would assign you writers. I would tell them, I literally would say, quit fucking texting me <laughs> because it would change. Or yeah, I would, I was like, I'd be enjoying the day before TV. And then they would outside of when working about the main event for a year, that was all really consistent because that was like the, the top priority. Like the booking didn't change much, but if outside of that, man, it would, shit would change 20 times. It'd be like, you're going over on this and this. And then the next day you're losing to this and this. Like, it's just, I just told him eventually quit fucking texting me. I don't care. I want to enjoy my, the, my dinner at Hooters with Ziggler before I, I rest for the night. And I don't want to be thinking of all the, like, cause I would think about the angle or like ideas. And then the next day it would change. I'm like, that's just a waste of my thoughts. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I get, I get this text and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's like kind of like a joke uh, almost because like, why, like, why would I be needed for, for, for raw? I mean, and obviously he wasn't like a real person. Uh, so I, I couldn't ask why uh, I just got my flight information and everything. And, you know, the next day I flew out and um, I, I get to the arena. I'm in my, my fucking suit because I'm, I'm <laughs> scared. Uh, I go to catering and I'm just sitting there just waiting, you know, trying to figure out why I'm here. And I see Bobby walking up to me and he's like, uh, Hey, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. Um, did, did you hear what we're doing? And I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. I was like, I was just like, no, I didn't, I didn't hear anything. Are we supposed to be doing something? And he was like, yeah, I think we're supposed to be like a team or something. And I was like, what? Like it was so random, like yeah. so really random. I didn't know anything. And he said, yeah, I don't know all the details on it, but uh, Paul Heyman just talked to me. He said he was going to uh, come um, find us later on just to give us the details. And uh, he he told me, you know, what the deal was going to be. And I was going to be essentially Bobby's uh, manager, but they didn't want to call it a manager. They wanted it to be like a hype man. That's what they kept. You know, we want you to be Bobby's hype man. And uh, I was I was just like asking questions like how did this even like like why did this happen? And Bobby was telling me that he had a meeting with Vince and 
he just asked Bobby one day, uh, um, do you know this kid, Leo Rush? Um, he was like, yeah, that's crazy. I was just watching a promo that he put on social media the other day and I thought it was really good. And Vince was like, oh, okay, good. Uh, because I saw, I saw a couple of his stuff too. And, uh, I'm thinking, I've been thinking about putting him with you and, uh, yeah, he ended up reaching out to creative and they, they hit me up and said that, you know, I'm going to be with Bobby from, from here on out on Monday Night Raw, which was so crazy. That was my favorite, like, cause knowing Bobby and from back in OVW and seeing him before, and that was by far the best I thought he's ever been. And it was I, I love the entire thing because it elevated Bobby and it gave you major exposure of getting yourself over in the process of outside just wrestling. And it yeah. was it made, like, you know, it's just like, it's like out when they put, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez with Alberto Del Rio. It was one of those. Mm. I was like, man, I would have been happy if those guys never, ever split up. Like, I, yeah. I just love the pairing of those two together. It's like Paul and, and Heyman and Brock. Like, it's just, a, it, there's just something. Like, you guys had a chemistry, man, that was, it was, it was so good. And there was, the sky was the limit for that. So it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, man, it, it's a lay, it's, it's, it's a layup, but. I think we we both benefited from that in such a huge way, and it was it was cool because I think we both pushed each other. Like for him, it was something new and fresh and exciting. Yeah. You know, having somebody, uh, you know, um, having somebody who was, uh, you know, signed to the WWE, uh, you know, as like a quote unquote like prodigy of wrestling. I mean, that was that was pretty cool that they said that. So I think expectations for me were, were already high so it was really cool for him to have like a fresh thing uh with him but it was also cool for me because i didn't want to disappoint him and it pushed me and it motivated me to you know i was never really known as like a talker i was like just known for my in-ring stuff so um it it it, it pushed me to to learn more it, I, I wanted to learn i wanted to I want it to be, you know, one of the best talkers, you know, in the game. So uh, I think we both pushed each other. I think we were both, you know, excited that it was something new for the both of us. There was no real creative direction for the pairing. So, really? literally, yeah, it was it was it was insane. Every week we would literally. I don't know why I'm it. acting surprised by that, by the way. <laughs> I should know better. That's yeah, it's they just knew that Bobby looked like a monster and they knew that they had a kid that could could talk on the microphone and they they kind of let us figure it out ourselves um and every week we were kind of just doing things on the fly like and and trying to do like backstage skits and segments and promos and stuff and it just those. it started like catching catching fire and it was it was really fun it gave Bobby, because too, Bobby's always been more of the quiet type. And mm. I think he's one of those guys, you guys, he was comfortable with you. And I think it was apparent. And for whatever reason, I thought for him, that allowed him to have more personality than he's been able to show. And mm. I think sometimes when you have another guy there that you could bounce stuff off of. I remember when I tagged with like Curtis Axel and, and me and Curtis, like we were knew each other. We were friends from developmental and he was comfortable joking around with me on camera where maybe he didn't joke around as much before and where I wasn't joking around by myself. I was very serious, but together it allowed us just to just not give a shit and to have fun. And it was like one of those things you bring out the best in each other. And 
that's like the stuff when doing those the the the, the social media promos and things. You can get yourself really, really over when you start having fun with those, and which again, yeah. though, in the current environment, can also work against you if it's yeah. not if there's no creative direction, which is frustrating. Because like for me, if I have a business, if I'm putting two people together, and I it's my business, I have an end goal, and whether it's to get to the main event or not. But for me, if I got Bobby Lashley, I think it's a layup to book a match with Brock Lesnar. I just think, yeah. So what that should be. Okay, we need we want Bobby to have a little more personality. We want him to get over even more. We're going to try this out. This is the goal we want to get to with this Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Like I would have loved to see that cuz it's just to me it gives everyone a goal to work forwards to, towards to, but it's not when you don't have a direction like that, it's really frustrating cuz it's week to week and nothing really adds up, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> It was it was very confusing at times. I, I think Bobby like turned on me twice. Yeah, and and, and literally and nothing came from it. So yeah, it was it was very confusing, man. Yeah, but you know, I, I, had, I had fun doing it. So yeah. don't do things like that too. It's like when Rusev and I like when I knew he things going on with him and he was leaving. And I was like upset that he was doing the wedding angle because I already knew what was going to happen. Like I already, like, and I, I mentioned I, he got mad at me because I said he was stupid on the show, and I didn't mean it like he's stupid. I go, he's fucking stupid because I just, and it was, and I go, you're not stupid. He, we were fine, but I was like, because mm. I've lived it where they'll like, they want they'll kind of put you in situations like just that don't add up for whatever reason. Once things and it's like. All you could do is just do your job at the end of the day yeah. and do it. And that's all, like, that's what all wrestlers that work there do it. So <laughs> and you have a good attitude until you're, you're out of there and, and get out of that environment. But was it tough too, for you to go back? Uh, well, you were home for seven months, you said already before you had to go back to NXT. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was home for, for seven months. It was a long seven months, man. Um, yeah, very, very long seven months not hearing from anybody. So let me uh, ask you on that because I wanted and this happened and when I left, and I feel like this they do this to people there and people need to be informed on it. Is like when eventually you were vocal on the on the pay situation, mm. then did you receive a lot of hate and negativity? Because what I noticed they'll start WWE's really good at this. They'll put out a narrative to protect themselves, to get put heat on the wrestlers. And I, they've done yeah. it to me at various points while I was there. And then after I left and I had to get an attorney and have a lot of stuff taken down, it was pretty fucked up. And I saw it happening to you. I felt like when you, as soon as you went public, all of a sudden, all this negative stuff started coming out. I go, that's not true. And I, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, like one, as soon as that happened, uh, some stories just started coming out like random stories and oh this is this is this is a subject that uh you know i get really um kind of kind of hot about because i do too dude like so much stuff was coming out, uh that for one wasn't true and two um was somewhat remotely true but only the company could know about it. There was yeah. no possible way that anybody knew about it because, you know, I was a quiet person myself. I, I didn't really, you know, talk to that many people. Um, I didn't talk to anybody really. I was so focused with Bobby. Uh, and I, and I kept, I kept my circle very small. So 
there was no there was no way there was absolutely no way that you know uh, some of that information was known uh, to the public. Uh, so it was very it was very strange and it was very frustrating that the fans just they, turn they were just they were just buying into yep. all all of this this nonsense and yeah it was it was it was rough it was one of those and i i saw it going on and i felt for you on it because i was like man and i know they did it like when austin aries and when he'd left and, and there were some things that came out that wasn't the truth and i knew enough and and from talking to him i'm like man it just but they'll feed things out from and people need to understand from Corano to, to whoever they have to different positions there will like they work Meltzer and these guys, like whether he knows it or not, but they'll feed him information, which he's going to put out because he's making money doing all of it. And then like wrestling fans and hardcore fans hear it and they have WWE on this pedestal of everything. And then when there's this false narrative being put out to begin with, where it makes you look like you're like, whether it's you hurt people or you're unreasonable or you, you're demanding more money. You don't love wrestling because it's just all money. It's like, man, what do you, how do you defend yourself against that when it, yeah. it, it, it bombards you? Because those people I dealt with it. And I just knew I was like, man, I'm just like, I ignored it for a long time, which actually hurt. And I remember I'd go do indie shows and people like, man, I thought you were a piece of shit asshole. And like, you're the nicest guy. I go like, what are you talking about? And it, but these, everyone yeah. reads this stuff and believes it. And a lot of these guys in the business, I'm like, guys, like, you're all, you guys got to, you got to stop. But it, it's a difficult thing when that is coming at you with that. And the best thing to do is just get off social media when it happens. Because yeah. yeah. you can't win that fight. It's just one after the other after the other. And it's you just got to throw it away. But you survived it, though, with everything. So I just think um, with everything with you, I think just take a little break and focus. You have music you're doing now, too. You just came out with an album, right? Uh, yeah, two days ago, uh, or, or depending on when this airs. <laughs> this will, this will drop next week on Thursday next week. So, yeah, in about Wait. a week, yeah. So, yeah, I, ju I just dropped a, an album. Um, I, I, I dropped an EP before that, just like a for like a feeling out process, just trying to see what my fans like uh, from me as far as a, you know, a specific genre or style of music. So I try to base on everything with uh, with the EP that I put out. But this one was a little bit more of like a concept album with a with a storyline for people to kind of like follow. And it was really fun, man. I, I tried to be as vulnerable as possible with this and touch base on like a situation that everybody goes through, but not a lot of people like uh, talking about. And that's like relationships. You know, obviously, I've been through uh, some some relationships in my past uh, and currently with, you know, having a wife and, and two kids. Uh, you know, I, I, I want it to be relatable. I, I want it to be uh, vulnerable and honest and upfront with my fans. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really cool project that I've been working on. Have you always been passionate about music as well? Has that been something that you've always or did this come? How did this come about? Um, I, I think I've always had an interest in music. Okay. Uh, just because I'm from, you know, my parents were a gospel uh, uh, duet. Uh, they've gotten nominated for stellar awards in the past. Uh, and my dad was a engineer and my, my bedroom was literally right above his home studio. So every night, every day, all day, I would just hear music sessions getting pumped through my vents. Yeah. Uh, would couldn't sleep, but, uh, yeah, it just wasn't until recently, you know, 
when I had that, you know, kind of break from WWE and I had nothing but time on my hands and I wanted to get away from wrestling and I was exploring some different options and interests that I had. Uh, so I started uh, writing music. Um, I always had an uh, interest in poetry, though. Um, and I, I did poetry since since I was a teenager. And then uh, eventually I just started putting my poetry to music and it worked out pretty good. You know, man, we live in a time too with social media and everything that if you hustle and like you have a little, you have the TV being on TV now and things, and it's not that it doesn't transition to anything else, but like if you find something, other stuff you're passionate about and you hustle, man, it, it's it's the greatest thing in the world. And like you could really, you're doing, you just do things you love and like eventually the money will start coming. And, and like it's, but you're enjoying like the process. And it's, I always tell like with wrestling, sometimes you can get caught up in that where it's just wrestling. And it, it's really, I was like, man, there's so much more to life though. Like I always loved so many other things. I love wrestling, but I love doing other things. And if you just have that hustle mentality though, and, and just hustle at other things that actually can pay off more than wrestling. Cause it's wrestling's entertainment and people kind of dictate the, 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 how high you can get there. But it, yeah. in the real world, if you hustle, that can go much higher. So I think you're going to see it's going to be a, a really good opportunity for you with all of this. And eventually, if you choose to to start wrestling again, which I would give it some time and just let you enjoy life a little bit. And I think you're going to you'll see that because uh, you're very, very talented at it. So it's you never want to. And that's like me. I went through it where I was like, do I want to throw away everything I've worked for and being that with that company since 22 and go injury wise, I had to make sure I got my health back. I go, no, I, I there's I, I just had an experience that I want to give it time, and I think I can have a better experience because I have more control now. So, I think you're going to see as the time goes by, you'll look at things, and even I think you will evolve on even how like I look at things. I just said everything's my fault. That was the easiest thing for me. Yeah, like, I go. I, I chose to go work there, so. Yeah, exactly. That was because that was I had I dude I've had people on this show from doctors and therapists and they like work and they're like you're doing so good and I but they'll like catch things and and I just I found like someone when it was like everything's your fault Ryan and I go everything's my fault and I just like I you as soon as you do that whether it's even true or not it moves you on to like where you just move on from it yeah. rather than like staying stuck in it and it was like for me that was like a major breakthrough but. I'm excited for you, man. I think you're going to, I think you have a lot left to offer the pro wrestling world. And and I think ideally I, I, I want AEW to have everyone that's really, really good. Cause I want mm -hmm. them to blow up as much as possible. So I, I personally am hoping that you end up in AEW eventually. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, and, and it's definitely something that, you know, I'm not ruling out. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm never going to, you know, get back in, in a ring or anything that but it's definitely gonna you know take a lot for me to put myself back in a position where i was confused and frustrated and unhappy you know like i'm so i'm so happy and content with where i am right now mentally and emotionally that it's kind of hard for me to put myself back in that in that you know state of mind uh so yeah i think i think it's definitely going to take a lot and not even just financially yeah uh, but you know, um, like you said, I, I think I'm, I'm going to take some time and and just enjoy, you know, life right now. Enjoy the things that I have control over, which is are like myself, my, my music, my family. Yep. 
So yeah, I think that's a, that's a good choice. And like I, I sleep, man, sleeping in my own bed every night. I have my dogs and like my family. I'm like, this is, and even though I went through the injuries, I go, this is, I'm so much happier right now because I remember how unhappy I was checking into the room and being in just pain and like knowing the things that had happened and going on and just being internally so frustrated with, yeah, I'll go, I'm in such a better place. And I think you realizing that man is a really cool thing. So I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, I'm not going to keep you all day here. Everyone I have on, though, I always ask for one piece of advice for the listeners. It could be whether wrestling or life. If you could leave them with one one thing, what would that be that helped you the most, you think? Believe in yourself. I know it's super cliche, dude, but, man, it, it's gotten me. It's gotten me through so much. It's gotten me uh, to, to levels that I've always dream, uh, dreamt of. You know, um, I, I feel like that that's the reason why, you know, I, I was able to accomplish the things that I've accomplished in such a short amount of time, because, you know, no matter, you know, what people said about me or or uh, or what people believed or, or anything, uh, I, I just always stayed true to myself. I always believed in myself um, and uh, I, I never said that I couldn't do something. You know, I always put my my best foot forward and and, and gave it my all. And uh, yeah, I think that's the most important thing is to just just continue to just believe in yourself. I love it. When you have a positive mental attitude and you do the work and you actually physically do the work that will create the confidence a lot of the times. And you definitely exemplify that, man. So I love it. And what's the best place to find you on social media with everything and, and with the new the new album? Is it ever after the name of it? Yes. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I feel like right now, you know, with me being stuck in the house, I'm kind of on <laughs> everything right now. So, you know, people can follow me on Twitter at It's Leo Rush. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram, which I believe is my biggest platform right now that I that I usually promote a lot of my stuff on. Um, and that's it. That's Rush Leo Rush. Uh, I'm on TikTok, which kind of everybody in the world is right now. Yeah. Uh, at Hey It's Leo, and I also have my website musicbyleo.com where they can find all of my music. Uh, they can find uh, merchandise such as T-shirts, eight by tens that that I can sign for everybody, as well as uh, homemade hand rolled incense that my wife actually makes, uh, which which are amazing. If people don't know, I'm a huge like incense and candles guy. So I'm a big uh, candles guy as well. I have <laughs> people. <laughs> We're actually, you're born November 11th. Also, I'm November 10th. So that could be, it could be a Scorpio oh, thing. <laughs> nice, nice. Good deal. Well, man, thank you very much. I, it was a bit of pleasure. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Thank you. And it was a pleasure meeting you, finally. Likewise, likewise. Oh, well, all right, guys. Before, but. What's that? <laughs> no, we met before, but this is our first time having an actual conversation. conversation. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate you making the time during all of this. So. Guys, we'll be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? The big guy Ryback here with Feed Me More Nutrition. Check us out on feedmemore.com or Amazon. You can actually save 10% on Feed Me More Nutrition at feedmemore.com with discount code PODCAST10. One dollar of every sale on the website goes towards Three Square and feeding the homeless. We have our new fruity cereal, I So Hungry, our mango candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, and our Brain Feed Brain Support. 
We have supplements for men and women using only stevia and monk fruit, no aspartame, no sucralose, no artificial colors. We have something for everybody, guys. Get hungry, stay hungry, feed me more. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals, and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed me more. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. Welcome back. Big thank you to Leo Rush. That was a lot of fun. And uh, the future is very, very bright for him uh, at 25 years old here. And I think he's uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what moves he makes as time goes on here. Uh, with everything. Got little guy up here with me, as you guys can see. I like sitting up here with you, Dad. I'm the star of the show. It's his birthday today, May 15th. Happy birthday, little guy. Daddy's little baby boy, three years old today, huh? I got to go get him some treats and a bunch of toys. Him and Sophie, Sophie's birthday is on Halloween, but they share birthdays. No other dogs can come to my birthday party because of the coronavirus. I know, little guy. I know. Maybe next year. No, now. <laughs> the um, go ahead, guys. I'm going to jump right into the review of the week. Your iTunes reviews are always greatly appreciated. Little guy, you want to come sit closer to Daddy? I don't know why I got you all the way over here. You can sit right here, bud. The um, We'll go ahead and pick this week's winner, guys. We're trying to get to 1,500 reviews here. Your reviews are, are greatly appreciated on whatever platform, but iTunes reviews are specifically what we talk about here. Sit right here, bud. You're not going anywhere. This is from Akvan80. Great podcast. This is a great podcast. I've been a loyal listener since the first episode. I really like how he has split it into two podcasts with the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report and the actual conversation with the big guy Ryback. Feed me more. You are this week's winner. Please just go ahead and send an email to the big guy at feedmemore.com with either 
a free book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time. I'll sign that for you. Or a Feed Me More Nutrition tank top, small through 2XL. Just your size and address with a screenshot of your review. Thank you, as always, for that, guys. Go ahead and also, guys, mentioned FuelMeals, FuelMeals.com. You can save 15% with discount code THEBIGGUY for custom meal prep at your doorstep. Steak, chicken, broccoli, asparagus, brown rice, white rice. They got they got different fish selections, salmon there, tilapia. They got seafood, pasta, quesadillas. They got Texas turkey burgers and sweet potatoes. No, little guy. Little guy's really. No, you sat there all the other week. Come on. It's my birthday. I want to go play. Fuel meals, guys. Fuelmeals.com, though. Check that out. Tell them the big guy sent you. Use discount code the big guy. Feed Me More Nutrition, available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. My personal supplement company. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for the, for, the, for the success of this. And it's been over three years of hustling and, and patience and hard work. And uh, the, the momentum is really, really taken off with that. We got, we got a lot of stuff. We got a peanut butter pieces, ISO Hungry Grass Fed Protein for pre-order. Um, we have our, the Big Eye Testosterone Booster and Creatine is going to be back in stock this week finally after we just so many sales, the, the growth, it's been so rapid. We had an issue with Amazon on some stuff, which hasn't been resolved, but I, I'm working on that on my end. So thank you guys for all your patience with some of you guys that had orders that were on a delay with that. We, we greatly apologize for that. And we're just doing the best with everything with the virus. Everything's been slower. Um, and we, again, we have orders on everything, just Trying never to run out of stock ever again as this continues growing. And, but we get massive orders in um, where people, I mean, it's some pretty large orders just on the website end of things, not counting my distributors. And it um, it's just a learning curve and, and just adjusting on the fly here as I continue to learn um, about business. And just it's been an amazing thing. So thank you guys. Our kick out immune system support is flying. That's been a hit. We got our hope spot mood and stress support coming out here in the beginning of next month, shipping out uh, Pumplex City. People are loving Pumplex City. And uh, man, yeah, it's uh, it's kept me very busy. And uh, but it, it, it's been it's a blessing that I'm forever going to be grateful for with all of you guys. With with this is we are playing ball now. You can save ten percent though with discount code podcast ten. Here, guys, for that on feedmemore.com. New customers can save 20%. If you've never purchased Feed Me More Nutrition, we give you 20% off your first order with discount code new customer at checkout. All right, guys, I want to, uh, my thought of the week, my motivation of the week this week is uh, very simple. And it was something I saw on one of the quotes that we put out with the supplements and different things we do on Pinterest and the different pages. But it, the, 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 the phrase is success trains and failure complains. And I think it's really easy and that really, really resonated with me. And I know um, because of all the work that I've put in personally to do things to create the life for myself and to get my health back and taking action day in and day out. And I may even have complained at different points in that, but I continued to train, continued to do the work nonstop. 
But oftentimes what you see, and as I've continued to evolve and grow and let go of anger, it's the complaining gets less and less and less. And I find that when you spend no time on that, you can spend all your time on you and moving forward, doing the work. And it allows for a radical shift in your life from your mindset to how you feel to your confidence uh, into just how you view other people and other people's success. It, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's so simple. Success trains failure complains. And all we have to do is just go on social media, go on Twitter, and you'll see it. It's complaining. What are you doing when you're complaining? You're not doing the work. You're not focusing on you. And we all do it. We all do it. But it's becoming aware of it and limiting it as much as possible. And just having the outlet of social media and being able to put our thoughts out there, it makes it very convenient for us to do that. And it doesn't take a lot of time to put your thought out there as long as you move on. That's one thing. When you put your thoughts out there and you move on and you go on and you keep doing the work. But oftentimes what happens is people put their thoughts out there and then engage in complaining or trying to convince. And you're just wasting time, wasting time. I tell people, what's more realistic? Controlling 7 billion plus brains or controlling one brain? Think about that. I'm going to choose to control one brain and not give a fuck about the other 7 billion plus brains because it is a never-ending battle you're never going to win. And it doesn't matter whether they agree or disagree. As long as you fucking know your intentions and your motivation and what you are doing and believe where they just fucking with no, no doubt whatsoever in what you're doing. It doesn't matter. Especially when you're doing it for good to begin with. Control the one brain. It's much, much easier. And you quit caring what those 7 billion plus brains say, regardless, when you master that one brain or you go on to that learning about that one brain and you gain control and you realize success trains, failure complains. And that's the bottom line. Not because Stone Cold said so, because it's a big guy running back since so. <laughs> And because Stone Cold said so, too. Because I don't want to be stealing his shit. All right, guys. Wrapping up this week's show for all fan mail, which I got to swing by there here on Monday. Uh, P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Which actually, not Monday, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. I have my stem cell procedure here this Monday, um, this week. And uh, number 15 on the right shoulder. I might even schedule another one on my back here. And then wait and go to BioAccelerator and get my back shoulder and the nerves in my leg done um, for the final ones, it looks like. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel amazing. I've been, it's been a very patient, patient process. And I'm forever grateful for, for the things I've learned about myself. And uh, I feel like I have been uh, equipped through experience to handle massive success at a level um, at a level that I maybe didn't even realize was possible before, even just in the world of pro wrestling, just in life, a level of success that I'm much more equipped to handle mentally as well as physically getting my health back. So I'm very grateful for all of that, guys. Uh, personal videos. For me, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. We have our shirt, our store uh, designs, a bunch of stuff. We have shirts all on Amazon, uh, but also teespring.com slash stores slash feed dash me 
teespring.com/more-store. So essentially, just go to Teespring and look for the Feed Me More store. That might be the simplest way, rather than typing in that horrendous. Why they break it down like that? I should just change it to Ryback. That way, it's not Feed Dash Me, but Feed Me More store on Teespring, guys, for a bunch of cool designs that we have on there. Feed Me More nutrition shirts as well, and uh, a whole bunch of designs. My book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available on Amazon in paperback, Audible, and Kindle formats. And guys, follow me on social media. I'm at Ryback on Twitter, which I lost my verification for that when I switched it over. Hopefully Twitter, they have not messaged back. And uh, I don't know, and I really don't. Quite frankly, I don't care. It seems to bother a lot of other people. I get a lot of tweets on it. Where's your verification? It's even people that don't follow me. I'm like, what the fuck business of it is, is it of yours? <laughs> but thank you for caring, I guess. The, um, does that not make me anything I say credible now? I don't know. I'm the big guy, Ryback22 on Instagram. I'm really, someone has Ryback on Instagram that does has never posted. Some dickhead got the name. I'm ho- trying to get a hold of them, but they're a dickhead. So they're not, they've not answered back. Conversation with the big guy, uh, Feed Me More Nutrition at Ryback TV on Instagram. I'm Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, Ryback247 on Snapchat. The big guy, Ryback22 on TikTok. And thank you guys. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and